You know the first thing that I thought about when I stepped up here was wow. I have never in my life lived to witness such a beautiful thing as I have this week. Last night, if there is such a thing as having your cup run over, they would have had to got out some mops. I'm going to tell you that was the most beautiful sight that I believe I have ever saw in my adult life. And it's a wonderful thing to know that God is able. He, you know, I have often thought about how man treasures the wisdom of men. How he looks at the wealth of the world and the, the accomplishments of education or material things. And today, I can truly say that those things is A-OK. But let me tell you, when you take those things and put them before a living God, they will perish, he said, with the using thereof. Amen. And it's a wonderful thing to know that God can reach down and lift you up. He says he can lift us up and put us on a highway. And he said that highway shall be called a highway of holiness. And he says there shall no unclean thing enter there. I tell you this morning, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe the angels flew through heaven with it, saying peace on earth and goodwill toward man. I feel the least of all this morning. And I ask the prayers of the saints. Every day of my life, I get up and I say, Lord, if I live in a way that's pleasing to you, I want you to bless me. I want to live humble. I want to live in such a way that any moment, you know, I I want to tell this just for a moment, if I may. I left one morning with a cake in my hand that my wife had made for a neighbor whose husband was real sick at 10 o'clock. And when I left the house, I said, I'll see you later. And when I got back home around 12, my granddaughter found her laying in the living room floor. That's past May the 22nd was seven years ago. Now, I had fought, I had fought this gospel. I had said, 
I can, I don't have to go that way. I don't have to do this. And I don't, I'm telling this because I hope that someone is sitting here today saying, I don't really have to do this today. But let me tell you, I didn't think when I walked back in my home that I would find my dear wife laying in the floor dead with a massive heart attack. And let me tell you something after that. God began to hound on me worse than I had ever been. And I want to share this with you. I got to tell you about what I believe in my heart. And I believe that God can stop you dead in your tracks. And I believe if you'll humble yourself before Him, He'll lift you up. I believe that from the bottom of my heart this day. I left a little town. I don't know how many of you may not know where Brandon, Mississippi is. But I left that town that morning, headed back to Byron, Mississippi. And I'm telling you, God got in the cab of that truck with me. And I had to stop because I couldn't see out of drive. Now you tell me it don't make no difference where you're at. But when you have had enough. When you have lived in sin so long and you have had enough. Right. When you turn to God. I tell you what he can do. Amen. He can do it. It don't make no difference where you at or what you do. I remember a man told me one time. He says, I was plowing a mule. And he said, every turn I'd make in the field, he said, God would get just a little bit harder. And he said, after I made about a dozen turns that morning, he said, I stopped that mule and I knelt down between the plow handles. And he said, God opened the windows of heaven and poured me out a blessing and sanctified my soul. Now that's what he can do. You ain't got to be sitting in here. Oh, you can be standing in your yard. You can be. I want to share this one with you about a lady in West Plains, Missouri. She worked for an implement company. And I went in there to buy some parts one day. And we got to talking. And her name was Donna. I'll never forget her name. I don't remember her last. And she said I was out in my backyard raking leaves. And she said I throwed a match in those leaves. And she said it just flamed up. And she says I began to stand there looking at those flames. And she said I had been under conviction for years. And she said, I said that day, Lord, I don't know what I need, but I want you to give me what I need. And now I'm going to tell you, she says, I got born again. And I shared with her the sanctification. She said, is that what you call it? I said, yes, sir. That's what I call it. 
And we stood there for another hour and tears flowed. I'm going to tell you something. You haven't got to be at this altar. You can make an altar wherever you feel the need. And if you haven't made an altar, make one, please. I want to read just a little bit. I have, it's hard for me to get my mind on one little topic and stay there. I just can't do that. It's virtually impossible. But I want to start out reading something because this is where it got me today. It's found in the first chapter of Genesis. And starting at the 20th verse, 26th verse. Now, mind you that God is over all. That's right. Now, people says, I can't live that way because I just can't do this. You're absolutely right. I never could do nothing. But I want to tell you about a man that can. And said, and God said, let us make man in our image. Have you ever thought about what the image of God is? And after our likeness. And then he says, let them have dominion. He blessed us, didn't he? Let them have dominion over every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. Yes, he blessed us. Then said God, he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now I want to drop down into the second chapter. And God blessed the seventh day, he said, and he sanctified it. Wonder why. Have you ever thought about what the only perfect thing in the world is? If it ain't sanctified, it ain't acceptable to God. It's got to be sanctified. And he said, and he sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all of his work. Let me tell you something. When you fought God all your life, no rest. He said there is no peace. My God, he saith to the wicked. Now, if I am going to follow after God and all of his righteousness, then I will find joy. It will spring up into me a living well of water that never runs dry. I could stand here and tell you for an hour about my experiences in life. And I want to sum them up in a short sentence. There is no peace, my God saith to the wicked. And if I am not sanctified, there ain't one other place to be. And that's lost. 
And if I'm lost, there's no but one way to be found. Oh, we got some beautiful scripture in there about the shepherd and the sheep. And we've got a lot of scripture in there that talks about sin. But it would take us a few days to cover all of it. But I want to read something over in John. St. John. And it's starting at the 17th chapter. And uh, beginning at the 17th verse of the 17th chapter. You know, we were talking about he sanctified that seventh day. Now, I like to back up a minute and I like to think, you know, I call Noah, I call Abraham. I call Jacob, I call them my friends. And I like to talk about them every once in a while to my friends. And uh, Noah, you know, he wasn't sanctified. But everything that he did was because he had faith to believe that the angel of God had told him the truth. Now, he says, I sanctify them through the truth, the word, the word is to the truth. And as thou hast sent me, he said, into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Now listen to what he said now. I've had people to tell me that sanctified, saved, or they use all type of terminologies for it. But let me tell you something, the God that I know. The God that I know says that you will put no other gods before me. That you will listen and that you will follow me and if you're not willing to listen then I can't let you grow but if I listen to him then he will give me an understanding and he also when he sanctified me he gave me the power to resist the wiles of the devil now he says and for their sakes I sanctified myself. Now you reckon if it was necessary for him to be sanctified, that it's necessary for us? Yes, it is. And that they may also and might be sanctified through the truth. Have I heard the truth here this week? I've heard it preached in all of its light and purity and it would save the world, not just the United States, it would save the world if they would humble themselves and fall under the mighty hand of God and be exalted. I tell you, I love this gospel. He says, 
that they and I may be one. How do we get that way? He just told us. I sanctify myself that ye may also be sanctified. And he says that we may be one and thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. Now, when you're sanctified, you're also glorified. And I tell you, when I got sanctified for once in a long time, I got satisfied. When he reached down that day and filled my heart with such a love, I got satisfied. Oh, you spend your money for the things which satisfy not. Oh, Lord bless. Now listen to what he said to him. He says that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Oh, that that old king was sitting up there that day and he got him a bowl of water. And he told him, high priest, he says, I'm going to wash my hands of this matter. But let me tell you something. I believe it was preordained before the foundation of the world. I believe that when he died on that cross, that it was preordained because from the day Adam left the Garden of Eden, let me tell you, God has been on a continuous trail to pull back that holy relationship with man again. And he did it the day he hung on the cross and he said it is finished. Amen. Finish the work. It's finished. Oh, I know another place over there. He says, now unto them who look for me. Oh, I stand, I'm standing here today, he says. But now unto them who look for me, what did he say? I shall appear unto him the second time without sin. Under salvation. And there ain't no other name under heaven whereby man must be saved. I, I am not sufficient of myself. Lord, I love you. That's where my strength comes from. My strength comes from you. Because you see, when I began to maybe get to, I told my brother this morning, I says, you know, if you, just put a little crack in the door. I says, what the, the devil, he'll start easing in. Boy, you ain't even got to open it a foot. All you got to do is just put a little crack. And he'll jump right in the middle of it. But when that occurs, and I get, I get so kind of 
lonely at times. And I want my family around me, my immediate family. Yeah. I want them to come and go. Yes. And I try to talk to them. I don't, you know, I learned a long time ago, you can't push nobody. You lead them. Yeah. See, they told me in the military, they said, you make a leader out of yourself and people will follow. And I thought about my children this whole week. <laughs> They've been heavily on my mind and my granddaughters. I tell you, I see this wonderful house full of young folks. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I'm telling you, it just puts me right up on top of that pinnacle. Ooh, I'm telling you, it does. I want to read just one more place and then I'm going to uh, hush. I'm good at uh, not listening to my inner self sometimes. Now, over in Peter, in the first chapter, now what does he call us? He says, he addressed us. He says, the elite. And the elect. I like to call them the elite sometimes. But he says, now the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. No peace, my God. You know, if there's anyone out here today that has no peace, and if you was a sinner like me, I'll promise you, I know you ain't got no peace. If you sit under the sound doctrine of this church, as I did at the age of 18 years old, I was in the military, and I heard it, and I never forgot it. Nowhere I went, nothing I did, I remembered it because it bore deep into my soul. I knew the truth. If there's someone here that has no peace, while we sing a song of invitation, would you please come?